0: What now for Zimbabwe? We asked ringasai Chico a political analyst with the Institute for Security Studies, ringasai, you've just returned from Zimbabwe where you voted. Tell us what you experienced there
1: um thanks Chrissy um it was uh... An experience uh, different from uh, from the previous uh, election that I've participated in. Um, uh, especially, I-, I voted in Manikaland and I had an opportunity to drive around uh, Manikaland as a province. I-, I went to every district and a good number of the constituencies. And uh, the level of chaos and unpreparedness that I came across in areas like Chipinge, Mutasa, uh, uh, was unprecedented. Uh, the amateurish mistakes that should be had that Serki has done, like they misplaced the face of a candidate, against a wrong symbol or a wrong party or vice versa, some things like that, and that some places did not have any communication as to when they'll get the ballot box. I was at some, I uh, what uh, one in Chipping up to 2 a.m. Uh, on uh, on the 24th. And there was no communication whatsoever from the exec as to when the ballot box would arrive. Now, uh, this is quite unprecedented, uh, especially for a a country and uh, an institution that prides itself on being very efficient uh, to quote the chief electoral officer. They are meticulous. Um, This was out of character. And one has to, to think that is this calculated? Is this really... Uh, that they've been caught unawares after they declared that they have bought the ballot. They were ready to go. They've been preparing for this for five years. So there are a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions, and uh, also the the unavoidable uh, presence of what is called the Forever Association of Zimbabwe at almost every polling station that I went through. I um, and this is a a Quaza is an OPF affiliated security. A begged organisation that was uh, doing what they were calling exit polls for 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 the electorate. But when you actually spoke with villagers, uh, I had the opportunity to speak to some elderly villagers. They were actually of the mind that no, the FAS was a legitimate part of the electoral process where you have to pass by, and they would tell you who to vote for, how to vote, and how to do that process. So this is what we we came across. uh when we when we read the sadak report um it's really nothing uh uh that was thumbsacked. this is what we, we came up with. this is what we saw um uh, uh traveling the length and breadth of Manikale. um so it was quite an election um uh, i still feel that there was some method to the madness that this was calculated um uh, uh, and you know in the mix of this madness you then get confusion around the Tabulations, tabulation, uh, the arrest of um, uh, civil society organizations that were engaged in parallel voter tabulation right at the point of counting, uh, or the frustration that would get into pol- uh, polling station agencies and observers who were, at times were not paid, were only paid for one day, which is the 23rd, they're not prepared for the 24th. Uh, and even the citizens themselves were supposed to vote on the 24th. Remember, the 23rd was declared a holy day. But the 24th was not declared a holiday, so people had to choose between going to uh, uh, participate in the in the plebiscite or going to work. So all this really created an atmosphere of, I would say, unfairness um, uh, towards the electorate who might uh, rightfully feel disenfranchised by, by this process.
0: So what you've described um, makes the concerns raised by international organizations seem very valid. But it's a done deal, isn't it? Is there any legal room to manoeuvre, uh, or is that it? No,
1: as as we speak, this is a done deal. Uh, um, president Mnangagwa is now the president of Zimbabwe, and we're in for the five year run. Um, the uh, Nelson Mandela triple C uh, did not take up the uh set uh a legal route of challenging the presidential elections. Um, and this is for uh, a number of reasons which they have tried to explain to us in, in a number of documents that they have since produced. One fear of the uh, credibility of the process itself. If if the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission proved itself to be uh, uncredible, not credible and biased, what, what what would happen with the courts and with the wisdom of hindsight, what happened in 2018, and also, what happened to the run-up of the elections? Um, the number of cases that were litigated uh, just post the uh, nominations court, uh, court sitting. So uh, where we are now is a done deal. Uh, and the uh, I think the region itself finds itself in in a bind of sorts, where they have to figure out uh, what happened. The I think the problem here is. This is um, the Sadak report is is unprecedented in, in the way that it described and um, the, the the process in Zimbabwe and coming short of actually uh, declaring the elections unfree, unfair, and and not credible. And I think the Troika is sitting with a headache to say how do we proceed now? Uh, do we call for an extraordinary summit? Do we, you know, how do we sanction Zimbabwe? Uh, and given uh, bearing in mind that most of the Southern African countries, like any country, have shortcomings when it comes to elections, so this has a direct implication on the next round of elections. Uh, so whatever they do now can be precedent setting. Uh, so they have to be trading very carefully. But what is really open to the triple C is the political options. Uh, uh, trying to go on a regional offensive to try and build up and drum up support uh, around uh, some form of dialogue. It's, it's the present moment. It's difficult to see the form and shape that this dialogue will take, um, but I think that that, that is where the space is now. Only some political conversations and and, and uh, political pressure.
0: Now, South Africa uh, doesn't seem to have a problem with the outcome of the elections. Our President Cyril Ramaphosa attended the inauguration of his counterpart in Zimbabwe. How do you interpret that attendance?
1: Well, if if if, if it were in attendance alone, um. Uh, that would be, uh, in a sense, well, uh, diplomatic. Um, they, they, I mean, you know, without the due processes of of the troika going through, there is really no nothing at this point in time that that would make any president or any country say in Zimbabwe say elections were out of tune and the results are um, are not in line with the will of the people. They have to process the report first. Which is the diplomatic thing they have to process the final report, sit with it, discuss it, and then come up with a position? Hopefully, they will. But what is concerning is the kind of utterances around um, the kind of utterances that we have seen from uh, President Mamakosa, the utterances that we have seen mostly from the Secretary General of the ANC, um, uh, Fikile Balola, who has really gone all out. Um, uh, <laughs> It would say uh, crying more than the bereaved, uh, or or, uh, or uh, celebrating more than the betrothed, uh, in, in the way that they are declaring that Zanopio is the legitimate winner, that there is now space for puppets, that there is um, uh, that we, uh, this is an anti-imperial drive, you know, all the kind of rhetoric and uh, the narrative that really does not deal with substantive issues. Actually, they they deflect on the real issues. And move on to to this hyperbole uh, and and uh, uh, hackened uh, overused narratives around uh, neo imperialism and uh, uh, the West against the uh, the liberation movement and stuff. So for me, that is what is worrying uh, because then you, you you cannot trust South Africa to be an independent or neutral arbiter in the process. Even when the report is being discussed, then you already know the lens that South Africa is bringing to the table when they're going to be talking about, about that report. This is not a neutral lens. This is a very tainted lens with a clear bias towards supporting the status quo uh, the ends up PF.
0: Now, what now for the people of Zimbabwe? Those who are suffering from, from the fallout of decades of sanctions. Yeah, Um I, I think
1: the best answer is that the, way the people have to muddle through the next five years. They... What we have seen in the last five years of of the Munangako ad, administration is is a lot of contradictions. Contradictions in the sense that on on one hand you have a lot of public expenditure, uh, um, which manifests itself in the form of infrastructure, uh, a, a number of infrastructure projects that are flying all all, all over the country. You also have an, a, a significant increase in the number of um, investments of sorts. It's it's very difficult because we don't really get official figures. They are, they are, uh, when you read uh, reports from the Minister of Finance and, and the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe, you always are left with the sense that they, this is not the full story. But there has been a lot of movement in the mining sector, they, uh, and we have seen this and, and increased uh, activities around the mining sector and the infrastructure. At the same time, the core fundamentals, uh, the macroeconomic fundamentals, remain unresolved. The currency crisis is with us. Even though the president in his speech spoke of um, uh, trying to retain the national currency, the Zimbabwean dollar, uh, to a preeminent role, the reality on the ground is the market is detecting which currency is being used. Um, In in, in essence, if you go into the streets of Harare, uh, 92% of the transactions are in the U.S. dollar currency. So it's, it's either an aspirational declaration, or uh, a political declaration which has nothing to do with the reality that people are, are, are facing. And this is where the crisis is, actually, that the, the, the Zanope of administration, for some reason, seems uninterested in tackling head-on the macroeconomic issues that would actually see the country take a different trajectory. The, 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 by all means, they would rather avoid the issue of the currency crisis they would rather avoid the issues around the hyperinflation, and they would rather avoid the um, high numbers of poverty that we have seen ever since uh, 2019 uh, in, in this uh, administration, and which are on the roll. Uh, so these are very uh, clear areas of concern, and we are li- we are very much likely to see a lot of uh, illegal, and mi- illegal and illegal and ma- illegal migrants flocking to South Africa to Botswana to Zambia and other surrounding uh, Saudi countries.
0: Lastly, do you think there's any hope that the pre-election talk of reform and transformation will be translated into action under this government over the next five years? Well,
1: I, I think as we put it at the ISS two months ago, that the only game in town around issues of serious and substantive reforms is within the Africa Development Bank led um debt resolution uh, 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 dialogue where the creditors um, especially the western creditors but also including the Chinese um, are coming together to say how do we resolve the debt crisis that Zimbabwe is in and this is the space uh, which we see as the only um, available legitimate platform to discuss reforms already there process is three pillars which include governance, the governance pillar, which really talks about the political, fundamental political institutional reforms. They have also the economics pillar, which really looks at the nuts and bolts around macroeconomic policy formulation and the kind of policy consistency that is necessary to for Zimbabwe to prove itself <laughs> that it, it can be um, uh, a trusted partner in, in business, international financing, and the last one is the uh, the lend the lend reform. Which essentially looks at property rights, uh, the the whole idea around the land reform, and the whole questions. I mean, around affects the the questions around the land reform is about property rights. So this is the only space that we is available for discussion, and it remains to be seen how the creditors, the members of the European Union, um, the the Commonwealth, uh, whose observers were very wrote very damning reports on on the elections, how they're going to treat this. And to, to what extent are they going to um, push Zimbabwe for more stringent, um, uh, tangible commitments? Uh, to ask Zimbabwe to really walk the walk instead of, of of talking a good talk, that is going to be very important. Because this is the only space where uh, the, uh, discussions and dialogue can take place. The other aspect of this is we it, it remains to be seen how inclusive or how broad this space will become. In the previous uh, uh, processes, since it started in, in, in December, a parliament hasn't been involved. Uh, opposition has not been involved. So it has been uh, the government, uh, the executive, and some selected civil society organizations and the, the creditors on the other side. Um, it, it remains to be seen if this can become a very broad based, inclusive process to discuss real, um, uh, tangible, substantive reforms in Zimbabwe.
0: Thank you. That was Ringisai chico Omero speaking to Business News about the future of Zimbabwe under another five years of ZANU PF rule. Thank you, Ringisai. Thank
1: you for having me.